Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. Okay, is it too loud? Nope. You sure? Nope. All right. My voice kind of goes all over, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> You about ready? I'm ready, I'm man. Crack it open. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! This is our start. I can see how this is gonna go. Yeah, we're doing it. Right, we're doing it. Hey, thanks so much for doing this. I thank appreciate you. it. Thank no, you. Officially, thank you. I yeah. appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me. I'm like super pumped to do yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk some comedy. Yeah. Some Pittsburgh comedy. Yeah, man. Or anything. Yeah. Quite frankly, we'll see what's on the noggin. Hey. Winging it. We're doing it. So, before we even start, right. for those of you who have not followed Sarah on Instagram, do it. But if you have not, it's Instagram, I'm sure other platforms. Yeah, you, I, I think- You youngsters use different platforms than us older us folks youngsters. do. You know? um, I'm definitely most active on Instagram. Insta, as my um, daughter says. Dad, it's the Insta. I, the IG. Oh, the uh, IG. Esmo. <laughs> is my handle and what is esmo uh esmo is a nickname that came across because uh, my name is sarah morgan yeah and there are a lot of sarahs in the world yeah. um and so when i was at work i think i at the time i worked with like three or four different sarahs and when you're on the walkie oh it was S yeah mo well if you would just put s in mo it i would have figured it, it out it was already taken so I had it to was get, like a little Latino action going on. I wasn't sure what the way you had it spelled. I wasn't sure what was going on. I had to get freaky with it, you I know, so. with S the ESS SMO or <laughs> yeah, the ESS but it's also a conversation starter. There you go. If it was just SMO, SMO, you know, All right. yeah. So um, the tattoo. I, I, I get it You're, because right. anyone that goes that has not been to your Instagram is going to find it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean you got to do some scrolling. Uh, but That's what it's we do there. in prep here. It is on there, and uh, yeah, so we'll just get right into it. I have an enormous tattoo of a double decker cheeseburger on my hip, and that is why I'm here today. <laughs> no, it's uh, not the entire reason why you're here today. <laughs> it's a sliver of my, why you might be here today. <laughs> it helped. It helped. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I got I I have I have a few tattoos. That one is definitely the most awesome. Um, it is a double decker cheeseburger and a design behind it. And yeah, it's like a portrait esque yeah. uh, of a hamburger with like a night sky behind it and real pretty. What condiments are on there? Can you Everything. see? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> of course. All of it, baby. Of course. Uh, of course yeah, 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 yeah. It's everything. And so it is a memorial tattoo mm -hmm. for a dog mm -hmm. um, who basically when I rescued him, he was like feral. Okay. He was a feral animal. He like didn't know. You just found him? I got him at Animal Humane okay. Rescue, I think is what they call it. Humane now. Society? The Humane Society. Right. Um. And he was really rough. Like, he looked like a dingo dog. Like, he was a, a really rough dog. Um, but he was great. And he had a lot of, like, digestive problems and things like that. And so we found out over time that the only thing that would go in him and stay in him was hamburger meat. So for almost 15 years, we cooked him hamburger. 
He was a carnivore. He was purely a pure carnivore, and he like lived on the street for a while. Wow. And, you know, he had street dog aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love cheeseburgers as a human myself, and you were a connoisseur. I was a connoisseur. Yes. Of, of cheeseburgers. Did you write reviews and all that stuff? I did not. <laughs> I'm not a Yelper. Uh, <laughs> what is no. even, I know what Yelp is, but why is that even a thing? It, why are so many things I a know. thing? We'll get there. You know? We'll get there. Don't <laughs> like, worry. We'll get there. Is it necessary? <laughs> um, yeah. So I would uh, get burgers after work like the only place that was open after work was mcdonald's so i would go to mcdonald's and i would get myself a hamburger and the dog a hamburger and i would go home and eat the hamburger in a bathtub which is more photos that you can see um on my instagram my friend did an amazing like boudoir portrait for my 35th birthday where i was like in a bathtub like cloaked in bubbles eating a hamburger and i was like you know most women do like super sexy lingerie like this is my version of that well, yours um, was a more authentic right totally yeah, yeah. okay yeah <laughs> i mean i know we don't know each other but like come on um yeah so me and the dog would eat burgers in the bathroom and you know that's how we lived for a long time and he passed away and i was like i want to get something because he was such a huge part of my life for so long um and I was just like sitting around a fire one night with my friends and I was like, how about a hamburger? And everybody kind of looked at me like, yeah, <laughs> duh, you know, get that. Um, so I did research, not of hamburgers, but like color and um, style. Mm-hmm. And I found a shop and I am terrible at names and I can't remember the name of it, but I went in and I was like, hey, this is my idea for a tattoo. I was looking at these two artists and this guy like pops his head up over the partition and he's like, I'm doing that tattoo. And I was like, all right, let's go, man. You know, um, his handle is Lou Skywalker. Lou um, Skywalker. Yeah, Lou, L-U. He's amazing amazing artist Mm. i mean i gave him like the elements that i wanted and then just let him fly with it and it's awesome yeah it's pretty cool thank you that's pretty cool i have it forever yeah and most people get tribute tattoos they're generally when you do a tribute tattoo i've i have my observations been they're generally smaller in size or you know yeah no i go big yeah yeah (laughs) i go big and with everything in my life there's nothing small yeah about me yeah yeah right on well go big or go home (laughs) right right. my generation didn't coin that phrase so maybe it was yours i don't know yeah i mean i don't know either but yeah definitely a go big situation so comedy comedy because i am fascinated by comedians fascinated by the decision to be a comedian i'm fascinated Mm -hmm. what it takes to get up in front of people and perform and try to make them laugh yeah i think it's different than being an actor and have them buy into a story because there's sometimes a little element of that right into delivery It's it's kind of just a different thing to me yeah obviously i can't do it that's why i'm fascinated by it now, it would have been funny if I had dropped this on these lights and they would have exploded. That would have been a moment. The comedic timing would that have been would have impeccable. Been, yes. Yeah. Miss Improv here. She can right. talk. We'll talk about that. Right. But why, how are we sitting here? Like, well, how did you get on my radar? 
How did you enter this? Um, well, I had a tattoo yeah. um, on it. No, that I'm is true. Um, that, yeah, I, so- that I saw on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's clarify that right now before I get in trouble. Right. Yeah. No creepy crawlers <laughs> was happening. Um, so I got into comedy and to preface, I am new. Uh, I got into comedy September of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, it is something that I had always wanted to do as a child. Okay. Um, as a child, I remember specifically watching In Living Color and looking at the mm. screen and thinking, I want to do that. You know, and, and and the women that were on that show, mm-hmm. and I used to get so mad because I would be like, I want to be on a living color. And people would be like, oh, you want to be a fly girl? And I'm like, no, I want to be a comedian. <laughs> you know, like I would get pissed. Yeah. And um, I didn't really have the resources around me. Like I wasn't a theater kid. Okay. Um, I didn't do that sort of thing you know i wasn't musical i wasn't in that so you weren't in the arts then so to speak i did like painting and art and stuff like that but not when it came to like performance art okay um the people in my area that were in performance art weren't my kind of people and i didn't like i hung out with them socially a little bit Mm -hmm. but um you know, it just wasn't something that I was like, oh, this is a way to do comedy. Okay. I always saw, when I was a kid, I always saw performing arts as like the theater and right. musicals right. and that stuff. I wasn't into that. I was into being funny. Okay. Um, And so like I was always goofing around at home and, you know, I'd hike my pants way up and put suspenders on and pretend I was Steve Urkel and... Um, you know, the cheerleader from SNL and putting mm-hmm. my hands under my armpits and, you know, so like just doing stuff like that. Oh, it's all rushing back to me now. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, and my family was just like, okay, you're goofy. Um, so it wasn't even on my radar, mm-hmm. you know, for most of my life. Um, and then I had like a series of events where I was just like, you need to do what you want to do. Okay. Um, you need to do the things that you've always <clears throat> thought about doing, but for whatever reason, never did. And one, and that was comedy. Um, so I reached out to Dave Bracy, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, hey, I want to get into comedy, but I don't know what I'm doing. And we have mutual friends, mm-hmm. so he kind of knows me on a personal level where he was like, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, and he said to me, he said, go take an improv class. Ah, um, okay. It's going to get you comfortable with being on stage. Okay. It's going to get you in the community. Um, it, you're going to understand how to throw jokes because of the improv training. Mm-hmm. when you need to and crowd work and things like that mm-hmm. and i was like okay well where do you do that you know <laughs> so he like gave me a list and um one of the places was arcade comedy theater yes um and he has well had i don't know what's happening but um a monthly show there sold out every month him you and, know is it ed jones uh uh ed Ed, his, Ed Bailey. And, Ed Bailey, I'm and sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, po- the podcast, the Drinking Partners. Yeah, the Drinking Partners podcast. Yeah, right on. Um, and both of them are just like amazing yeah. renaissance human beings. Like, let's be real. And uh, so I, I was like, okay. And I went on the computer and they were like, 
improv 101 starting in two weeks. And I was like, well, I better get on it. You know, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, signed up for my first class, took 101. And it was cool because, like, you get in a space of like minded people. Right. Um, now, with that said, not everyone in that class was there to be a comedian. Um, like, there was one lady who does uh, a lot of presentations at work. She wanted to get more comfortable with speaking oh, okay. in public. So, before, um, we, before we go there, anyone out there who might not be versed on exactly what improv is can you give us like the the 120 second tour there yeah i will do my best <laughs> i feel like arcade's gonna listen because we all like, hear does well, she know <laughs> um <laughs> what the hell's you been doing all yeah. this time did we teach her anything um so basically the 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 whole basis of improv is the yes and um and so Basically, what happens is you go on stage and you get a suggestion from the audience. That suggestion could be a location, a relationship, something you buy in aisle five at Target, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say toothpaste is our suggestion. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do a scene revolving around toothpaste in some capacity. It doesn't have to be literal toothpaste. It might be turning your teeth into paste. I don't know. Okay. It depends on where it goes according to your partners in the scene with you. Got it. Now there's short form and there's long form improv. Um, short form improv, whose line is it anyway? That is short form improv. It's a series of short games, like five minutes or less. Um, there's like mechanics in the games, like, you know, People making a machine out of their bodies and, you know, people being someone else's arms, standing behind them, like real silly. And then there's long form improv, um, which there was a special on Netflix, uh, Middle Ditch and Schwartz, and that's a long form improv okay. type of situation where it's more like conversational kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but as an improv team, you take yes and and you build on that. So it's like, oh, my tooth hurts. Somebody comes in, I'm going to rip it out. Somebody, I'm going to sell this for $50 million. You know, like, and it can go any which way. Okay. Um, So you, as a performer, really need to be aware of what is happening. Mm -hmm. You need to have a connection with the people that you're working with. Because, you know, like, I know so-and-so is probably going to reference... A video game. I know so and so is probably going to reference a bad date. I know, you know. Got it. So as you get to know your team, you kind of know like where people are coming from. With me, I feel like they kind of are like, you just bring some weird shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, And sometimes I don't even like the other night I was a cow, you know, like just like stuff like that. So I think. you know, day was 100%, you know, doing improv, learning the yes and, learning the mechanics of being on stage, throwing your voice, playing to the back of the room, right. um, you know, being aware of your space, what else is going on at the same time, being able to change on a dime when you need to is great mm-hmm. for anybody that mm-hmm. talks to people, especially, right. you know, I've, right. I've noticed in myself um, just in conversations that I'm having with people, like if I'm tripping up on words, I'm able to pivot and change that conversation around. Okay. Um, so it kind of teaches you the dynamics of a conversation. 
teaches you the dynamics of a conversation, but it also teaches you to like be completely uncomfortable and get out of your space and out of your own way. Right. And go with your gut instinct and do the first thing that comes to mind and ride it out, you know? Um, And I think a lot of people, there's like a timidness when you start. Like, oh, should I be a bowl of jelly? <laughs> yes, and I'm spicy, you know, like, so, <laughs> so, you know, that's improv. Um, so, yeah, so 2019, September 2019, I started taking 101. Okay. Everybody in my class was super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, hey, you need to keep going. I took it with the premise of getting ready for stand up. I did okay. not take it with the premise of okay. continuing on. Um, I took the That's interesting. 102 class along with, they have like an intro to stand up class, which mm-hmm. was really great. Um, and then I took a one a 201 class with them as well. And then as we were going into the next session, that's when okay. shit hit the fan and everything mm-hmm. shut down. Um, so I had been around the theater for a few months and, um, the theater at the time had a lot of house teams for improv. So basically like groups of people that would put on monthly shows, um, as a team. Okay. And because I was taking classes, there was like a shuffle in teams and there was a space that opened for the student team called Select Sart. Um, Scott Trampas, he's like the student coordinator he was like hey there's an open space on select start do you want it and i was like yes and you know (laughs) like there wasn't like a like let's try out you know it was just like do you want to do this um so i started working with them in february we did like four or five shows together okay before the theater shut down okay um, and then what was appealing to you at that time? Like what, what, what because you initially wanted to be a stand up comedian, right? That's mm-hmm. where you ended it. At least you thought you did. Right. You started doing improv and you started to, I'm guessing really like it. Yeah. It was so different than anything else I had ever experienced. Okay. Um, and every situation is new, you know, mm-hmm. like we can play a game. We can play shift left where it's four people on stage and you're doing four different scenes and the host will say shift and everybody rotates and you pick up a new scene <coughs> shift everybody I rotates I've seen that before. you pick up a new scene um you can play that game nine thousand times and you will never play it the same way ever mm-hmm. because of the suggestions you get and the people that you're playing with and, got it um yeah. and for me you know it, it kept my mind sharp Um, You know, because you have to be on and you have to be paying attention and you have to be plugged in to the people that are around you. Um, And the people that I was with in the classes were so great that I wanted to stick with them Mm -hmm. through the program. You know, Um, the people that were on the team, I didn't know at all. So when I went to the team, it was like, okay, well, now I have to learn all these new personalities. Mm -hmm and how to play with these new personalities. So that was very appealing to me because I had been playing with those other people Got him. for months. Yeah, you know, I knew on. what made them tick. Right. This was a whole new group of people. Let me figure out what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that and then a uh, pandemic and we kind of, 
you know, Beth Getches is our team coach. She's the one that like sets up our um, shows and mm-hmm. like runs practices and is you know make sure you're doing this, emphasize right. that. Da, right. da, da. Um, she was great in that she was like, well, the theater's closed. <laughs> what do you want to do? You know, um, and it was basically like, who has Zoom? And can we all meet on Zoom? And so we got together in like mid to late March and we were just kind of like, I mean, I guess we could do improv online, but also everyone was like shifting with their job situation, their home, you know, there was a lot happening. So like for us, we meet once a week um, for practice and rehearsal. And we were like, let's just meet online and hang out online. And we did that for a couple weeks and like we played games on Twitch in like, and then it was like, okay, I kind of miss doing improv. Like what games would translate Mm -hmm. from the stage to an online format? Right. Um, And so Beth kind of like, she's been doing improv for 20 years. She like went into her bag of tricks and was like, I think this might work. And I think that might work. And, you know, for a couple months we were just experimenting with games and the technical Mm -hmm. and you know what makes sense in this format um and then it had to be difficult it was hard i mean i think it it shifted my folk as a comedian i'm pretty physical especially with improv i'm always running around and kicking and Mm -hmm. you know and with the zoom you're this much um luckily i have a face of rubber and so like (laughs) i i used that to my advantage um we also played around with like standing Mm -hmm. while you're doing it not sitting down so that you can move around like oh hey this is fun i can make myself look like i'm upside down now i'm a bat or a vampire you know okay so it's really like it was really like diving into like the preferences and settings of zoom to make it something else Mm -hmm. um some of the like strict rules kind of went out the door because we didn't have the stage you know so we were able to do things like what's a strict rule like improv doesn't use props you do something called object work where you're pretending ah got it to drink got it um but we're all at home. Too bad America can't do that. Yeah, right. The Weight Watchers are out of business. Right? <laughs> I know. I mean, oh, this tea <laughs> is so good. Yeah. It, it, so, like, we started utilizing props. And, like, there's a game called Props. And um, so it was just, like, playing around with those elements. Okay. And also making it entertaining for people at home, too. Well, that's the intangible, right? Right. Because you're like in this abyss where you're like, I think it's funny. Do you think you're it's not getting funny? any feedback, right? Yeah, <clears throat> you're not. And and that was another like now um, they run everything through their uh, YouTube platform. Okay. So we don't have an audience on Zoom, but we have comedians on Zoom that are on the show either like in during that set or the next set or whatever so those people have unmute 
so that we can hear their laughter. Got it. Um, because it does help. I bet it, it does. It makes a difference. Um, but the trick is, if you laugh too hard, you cut the sound <laughs> from the comedians, and you miss the jokes. So you have to be aware. You have to that be very. Sucks. Yeah, you have to be really. I mean, there's settings and stuff that you can do so that yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah, doesn't um, but you do have to be aware of that. Like as a viewer, like oh, I'm stealing their show because I'm hysterically laughing in my underpants. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it's just this whole other element of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw the stand-up shows that some of the national acts were touring with were in the drive-ins. And yeah, and I, I heard mean, some crazy reviews of that stuff. <laughs> I went to a couple. Okay. Um, I, th- you know, it's okay. So here's the thing: once you start doing comedy, you watch comedy in a different way. I'm sure. Um, like you know, being a musician, you listen to music in a different it way. It kind of ruins the fan experience. It, it kind of, yeah, it kind of trips you up a little bit. So, like when I now, when I see comics um, doing their thing, you know, I'm really watching the nitty gritty, yeah. and I'm really like absorbing. I try not to watch a lot of comedy because I don't want to absorb too much and influence mm-hmm. my voice with theirs. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can learn a lot. By watching people, like, um, I went to Hannibal's show out in Butler, mm-hmm. and I was like, you can tell too many COVID jokes, you know? Um, I went to a Drinking Partners yeah. drive-in show, which went great. That, I was, like, super impressed with mm-hmm. how that went. Um, but I was like, this is weird. I'm in my car. And people are honking. Yeah, I, I don't get that. You know, like, I mean, get it or not, it's how humans adapted to the situation. Okay. You know, and isn't that like the circle of life? Is I would adaptation? Think, I would think. Well, you we know? have no choice. Right. Do it or die. Right. And right. and honestly, you know, the connections that I made at at arcade, the people that I met. The things that I learned really set me up to continue doing comedy through the pandemic. Got it. I think had I not met the people that I met through them, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have continued because I wouldn't have known where to go, what to do, who to work with. Right. You know, Um, and I'm just like obnoxiously thankful Mm -hmm. for that above all else um because i've learned so much in a short period of time i was uh jason clark is the general manager at arcade and he and i were talking the other day about online comedy and mm-hmm. you know everything things are coming back and um i was like look man i've done online comedy i've done outdoor shows um i'm doing an indoor show like i'm pumped that i don't have to worry about the weather I don't have to worry about helicopters hovering over me. You know, like I don't, there was a motorcycle gang that went right through my set. I don't have to worry about that. I'm inside, you know, like air conditioning. It makes you appreciate what you had originally. Yeah, Yeah. it really did. And, um, and he started laughing. He was like, man, it's like online comedy is like dog years, (laughs) 
in regular <laughs> comedy, you know, and it really is because like there were there were things and there were people that I had exposure to that normally would have taken five to seven years mm-hmm. for me to get to. I but bet. everybody has the inter- almost everybody has the internet. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so it got me in front of people I normally wouldn't have gotten in front of. And, you know, social media, like people reached out about certain things and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like that whole aspect uh, really taught me that those connections are super important. And, you know, really be active right. in it. You know, a lot right. of people are just kind of blase about who they talk to and, eh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I know that part. But I think, you know, this past year and a half has really made people be intentional with who they talk to. I hope. I hope, I hope right. so, too. I mean, you know, there's always like yeah, some always that aren't. exception, right? But <clears throat> for me personally, it really was like, these are my people. Yeah. I'm going to protect these people. I hope one day I get to a point where I can help them mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. you know, in different ways that they've helped me out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you've probably talked uh, about the pandemic and uh, ad nauseum, and I'm not here to. to I actually speak. haven't. You haven't? All right, then. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, yeah. So where were you <clears throat> like the 9-11 question i was always asked my yeah. whole life you know where were you um when you realized that it wasn't just this thing on the news that really they're gonna shut okay the so world down. i might be the only person that tells you this my life did not change at mm, all interesting um i had been working from home for six years i am solo dolo all the time uh i live alone Mm-hmm. I have been, if I don't have to go to the store, I don't go to the store. I get it delivered. Got it. You know, Amazon Prime, working <laughs> it. Uh, Target, red card, got it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I very much lived quarantine life before quarantine. Got it. Um. So for me, you know, when everything popped off, I was just kind of like, oh, this is happening. I'm already set up. You know, I don't need to worry about much. Okay. I have a home. I don't need to worry about some landlord coming in and taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a job that's online, and that's where everybody's going. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Um, I, the only thing that changed was comedy in that I wasn't going out to do it. I was staying home to do it. Got it. Um. The, I also I, I kind of joke around about like you know my hobbies are very solitary hobbies where I go hiking I go stand up paddle boarding I ride my bike um, because it's like a great physical outlet right. for me sure. at the end of the day sure. and it's a solitary thing so I can really like you know when I come up with ideas it's usually when I'm walking my dog mm-hmm. um and then I like pop it in my phone and go back to it later or whatever. Um, and you know, last year everybody thought they could ride a bike. 
So your world got, your world got a little more annoying, probably. I got pissed. <laughs> I was pissed. All these kids are home doing <clears throat> homeschool. Yeah, right. They're in the front yard screaming their heads off. You know, everybody's at home working, screwing up the bandwidth. Everybody thinks they're going to go to the park. I can't take my dog to the park because there's so many people. It's not social distanced, you know. So it's like I got angry. And I was like, oh, I used to just be able to order my groceries same day. Now there's like (laughs) this like coding thing that I found online that tells you when the next time slot's going to pop up and you got to grab it, you know, like just let me get my food. Um, So for me, I was like. Annoying. I was annoyed. Yeah. Sounds like it. You're encroaching on my life. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of friends that like when they first couple months into working from home, they were like, how do you do this every day? Yeah. I was already quarantined. I was self-quarantined. Y'all just joined the party. Like, welcome to my world. (laughs) And I was like, I live and die by my Google calendar. Like, and I was like giving people tips, you know, like about, I was like, guess what? You're not at the office. You can change your chair. You know, yeah. Got if you want to work on the front porch, you I can work it. on the front porch. I get it. Um, so now it's like, thank God y'all are going back to work because I need peace and quiet. Hopefully, they are going back to work. It seems like a lot of of my neighbor. I've noticed less cars on the street. Yeah. Um, yeah. that was the other thing. Like, I didn't know my neighbors. I lived there six years. You probably love that. I love it. Now <clears throat> I know my neighbors and I don't like them. <laughs> I mean, some of them are cool, but like, <laughs> not everybody. <laughs> I don't need to know about your sex life. You know, like, calm down. <laughs> uh, we do know too much shit about other people, don't we? Yeah. We're forced to absorb too much shit about other people. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it listen (laughs) i love it i made a show i made nebby neighbors about it you know like i (laughs) when i moved into my house my neighbor invited me to this thing called next door and if you don't know what next door is it's basically the welcome basket bullshit no oh what is that it's like facebook but for your neighborhood Uh... yeah Exactly. So it's the worst. I'm a realtor and I'm going to. (laughs) It is the worst of social media. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And. Got it. So I was like, all right, you know, let me see what this is about. I get on there. So like a Facebook group within Facebook? No, it's its own website. You'll have profiles. Yeah. It's like, it's its own website and it'll say like, Sarah Morgan lives on, and you can tailor how much information you put out there but Mm -hmm. it'll say like if like mine doesn't say my street but it says my neighborhood yeah um like halloween there's probably a shit ton of realtors on that stuff probably but like for halloween it's like are you giving out candy yes or no great that's a little bit too that's a little bit too encroaching on privacy i mean you're going there willingly you're going there willingly but you for are, me personally you're, it's, yeah it's, you're listen my dad got facebook like three years ago he was walking down the street his neighbor said happy birthday to him and he lost his shit he was like how does she know it's my birthday i never talked to her in my life that blah, is blah, great. Blah. and that i was like great. dad you're on facebook now well how do i get that off of there you know so i think <laughs> you know that is the best yeah that like, is the best 
But I, go dad. I can definitely see, you know, people just plugging in information, not realizing, oh, oh this is visible. The store of Americans. Yeah, yeah this is visible to yeah, other right people. Yeah, right on, right um, on. Wow. But yeah, so I go on there and I was like, man, I hate people, but I love these next door folks because they are wild. Like really? the stuff they put on there and talk about and whatever. And I would like screenshot because it only shows you your like a radius okay so like wherever you live i wouldn't get it got it you know like i wouldn't get coriopolis mm -hmm. where i live mm -hmm. and so you really only see like a certain uh, mileage around where mm -hmm. you live and i so i would read these posts and just like like laugh so hard like talk about comedy content you know and i would like send them to friends and all this stuff and when the theater shut down they were like hey you know we're looking for online programming Got it. So if anybody has any ideas, you know, pitch it. We might might do it. And I was like, all right, so I'm thinking about making next door a show. And they were like, yes. <laughs> uh, and Beth Getches, she, you know, the, the coach of the improv, she's like, I'm, I'm on it. I want to do this with you. And I was like, good, because I don't know anything about putting a show together. I don't know anything about the technical aspect of okay. putting a show together. I know it's funny. To me, no wait, Sam. You know? Little sidebar: you, you can't, we can't let leave this unaddressed. So, you got to tell me some of the some of the shit you encountered through on, next door. On next door, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it is a wealth. I can't imagine. I uh, cannot imagine. The thing that makes me consistently laugh, and I have it in Nebby Neighbors, is people posting online. Okay, about their power being out. Now, why would you go to an electronic source to talk about your power being out? I don't know. But to me, no, it doesn't make any sense. Like, look out the window. That's what we did when I was younger. Like, oh, the power went out in my house. Let me go see if my neighbor's power is out. No. Let me go on this app and say, my power is out. Is your power out? That or like to the me winter, is goofball. like, how's the roads? How's the roads? Oh, the they never they ne they never plow my street. <laughs> I swear, why are we spending all this money and my street never gets plowed? Somebody in in the last show we did, um, someone found underwear on the sidewalk, and then a few blocks down they found a T-shirt, and it was like, you know, what happened last night? Um, there's always like weird stuff about like. I saw something in the sky. Was it a UFO? <laughs> like, what is going on? You know? So it's just, it's just. Is it the pandemic or are people just generally always whacked like that? I think people are just whack. Like, just, people think, are just whacked out. I think so. And I think that, it's like, there's something the about the online aspect where, like, common sense goes away. <laughs> You know, and yeah. it's like I can just pull it around. <laughs> um, and there are like heavy hitters on next door that you will see on like post on every comment, and like you know they are like people in the neighborhood. They have an opinion know. of everything. They have an opinion about everything. <clears throat> My the street that I live on turned into like a safe street for biking and walking, and, and okay. they they put signs. Up. This is what really started the whole Nebby neighbors idea. Um, they put like uh, sandwich board mm -hmm. signs mm -hmm. at a bunch of intersections on my street and they were like you know this is a, a, a safe street for pedestrians children and bicycles 
Meaning, slow your ass down. Mm-hmm. Stop at a stop sign. Mm-hmm. People got so mad at signs. Why? Well, they were offended. <laughs> they were offended. Um, they said, <clears throat> "I got my rights." They tell me what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, there were people that were like, "This generation." Ah, uh, here we go. And there are signs. Everything has a sign. You can't even see the sign when you're speeding past. Keyword speeding past. Don't do that. You're also posting online about a sign that you claim no one is reading. So apparently you read it as you sped past. <laughs> you know? Um, there was like 250 comments. Like one guy was like, it's going to bring my property value down because they put this... Granted, it's a sandwich board. You can pick it up and move it. You know what I mean? Like, he was really hurt. Someone. They've been having those children play here, little yellow signs yeah, with the, the guy to flag. The flag. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's been around 30 years. Yeah. I think maybe, like, because this was, like, city stamped, like, that made it offensive. Mm. You know, bike lanes or, you know, like Hot Topic in Pittsburgh. I think that maybe that had something to do with it. Might have got the guy out of office. He's out now. I mean, there's a lot, and there's also a lot of people that are like, they've lived on that street their entire lives. Mm. They've never moved, you know? And so I think that kind of, it narrows your perspective on life. Certainly, And and a lot of comments were like, I've lived here 50 years. Nobody cares. Nobody speeds down this street. I'm like, actually, I was hit by a car. Yeah. Like, yeah. for real, in no my neighborhood. Sh- no shit. Yeah, I was in the crosswalk. Wow. Crossing the street with wow. my dog. And I got hit by a car because a guy didn't stop at the stop sign. Are you kidding me? No, I'm dead serious. Um, and so after that happened, I was like, look, man. Yeah. I'm a grown-up. Like, if I was a, a, a child, <laughs> like, if I was pint-sized, this would have yeah. gone really bad. Yeah, no doubt. Um. Wow. Yeah, so, like, you know... For me, seeing all these people complain about a sandwich board, I was like, get it together, and I'm going to make a show about it, because you're all ridiculous, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I started Nubby Neighbors pretty much after I read that post, and I was like, this is a gold mine <laughs> of content. Forever. Forever. <laughs> Forever. And I, it is probably one of the most fun things in comedy that I am doing and, wow. you know, have done. Because it's just so... And every rehearsal I start out with, bring the weird. If you have a weird costume, I want to see it. Okay, so help me out understand what this is. This is a... This is improv... So it's online. a it's a variety online show. Okay. Um, it is short form improv. We have dramatic, comedic readings of okay. actual posts. Okay. Um, Do and, you transition and, to a real live show at some point? I mean, hopefully, eventually, yeah. And and Beth and I are working on ways to make that happen because okay. it is a very visually based I, I show. Would, I would imagine. You know, like the whole premise is like this stuff comes from the internet, so we're going to make it look like it's on Got the it. internet. You know. Got it. Um, so like we open the sh- we kind of have a format with the show. We open every show. It's called Neighborhood Roundup, and it's just the wild stuff I find um, online. And we have uh, players 
that pick their characters and just run with it, Got you it. know, voices, costumes, whatever. Um, we have a stand up portion of the show. We have like a goofy bit called, is this your cat? Cause that's like another thing people post on there is like, <laughs> is this a pet or is this a feral cat? Like what is happening? You know? Um, so we have that bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we, and then, you know, we switch things in and out here and there. Um, Beth and her improv uh, partner do, they have these characters called Ruth and Ethel that are like super crazy Ruth grannies. And Ethel. Yeah, and they're just like these okay. sexually charged grannies. <laughs> and, you know, last show they were looking for a contractor for their wet basement. Okay. The innuendo is endless. Um, so they're always in the show. Uh, no, I got a prior. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one. Yeah, okay. Not gonna go there. Okay. Uh, we'll leave that. I didn't want you to think I was that slow. We'll leave that. <laughs> I didn't want you to we'll think leave. I was that slow. Well, you know, other people might have might have needed to help. Um, but then you know, and then we close out the show with like a long post of dramatic reading of something goofy. And and that's the sh that's the basis of the show, um, and it's it's just silly. It's just silly. I host the whole way through the show. Mm. Um, I put the role, I you know the the script together for everybody. Um, Beth and I figure out the format of the show together, and then once I have the order ready to go for the people that are in the show, right. I send it over to her, and she makes like all the slides with the posts on them sometimes we insert little videos or music or um she wrote our theme song and our closing credit song um so is everything scripted like like is, how does that show work as opposed to like, that's not pure improv right it's not pure improv okay. it's it's definitely this like hybrid zoom prov thing yeah that happened. or whatever that is because you're we're, creating it as you go we're creating it as we go yeah right. the the neighborhood roundup the first bit is scripted got it um all of the short form games are pure improv yeah right spontaneous on. um we send out an online suggestion form mm -hmm. um prior to the show so that we can get like you know something goofy you saw in your neighborhood or yeah, right you know on. like if you could live next to a celebrity who would it be and we use those in the show for the short form improv games then we have a stand-up comedian they are i give them free reign on whatever they want to do and how they want to do it i've offered to people like hey if you want to tape this mm -hmm. like sitting on your porch you know whatever send it to me that's fine but so far everybody has just stuck to I want to be part of the, the got show. Got it. Um, got it. And then, and then we like the Ruth and Ethel bit is improv, short form improv. And then um, our final reading is a scripted. Got it. Reading. So it's a kind of all over. Yeah. You know, it sounds all, like it. Yeah, it's all over the place. But Next it is. Next door. Oh man. I've I've seen. I even have clients, I think, over the years that have been hoodwinked into that and the neighbors they've moved into. And I just keep, it's my, awful. keep my distance. Yeah. It's terrible, but it is fantastic. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, it is bad in the best. Fantastically bad. Oh, yeah. It's bad in the best way. I, yeah. It's hilarious to me. And a lot of people are like, I can't get on there because it's just, I hate everyone. <laughs> You know, whereas I get on there and I'm like, you're amazing. 
for being a douche. You know, like, <laughs> like that's just basically what it comes down to. <laughs> I when you were saying that, I remember distinctly going back to like, I guess it was the late two thousands, and I was back in the dating world, and I was, I would leave the apartment of this girl I was seeing around one or whatever and i would on occasion see a very famous pittsburgh steeler with their hood over their head mm -hmm. you know sneaking in there to coming and going which is i mean i recognized them i said hey what's up you know i mean i think that probably wasn't a good idea but i did it because but we've come to find over a four or five month period that all kinds of like seediness was going on just like really some because oh, yeah. apparently he was married and apparently there was a love child involved and apparently all this Ooh, stuff juicy yeah it was something <laughs> yeah so, but but, but, I, but i was saying to myself there really is no outlet he's pretty safe and right away like facebook almost kind of went poof oh yeah like right after i kind of split with her i'm thinking to myself man if he had done that shit like another like a 12 months later yeah just no way. No, never would have gone away <laughs> with it. Just no way. I'm thinking to myself, that's just yeah. too. That stuff is just too. People are just right. Yeah, I mean that would have been on next door. Like somebody posted on there, like, "Hey, I'm not mad. I just want to know if the drunk guy that fell in my bush is okay." <laughs> <laughs> like stuff so like that. You know, what do you like, do with that? You make a skit out of it, you know? Like, that's what I mean. Like, I go on there now, and I read these things, and I'm like, how can I put this in this show? Uh -huh. You know? So, like, it's really... Before, it was just like, oh, look at these idiots. But now it's like, hey, look at these idiots. How can I use this? <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it funny. So, yeah. Real life is always the most fun. It's great. Right, I mean, it's great. You can't make it up. So there's other things you probably encounter you couldn't make up if you wanted to. Hell no! <laughs> it's life, man. <laughs> and like, why does the wildest stuff happen when you're alone? Like, what do you mean? And then nobody will believe you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you gotta get out of the house once in a while. I don't. I don't have to get out of the house. I know. I get out of the house, but I just like I just. You know, like, I feel like things would happen and I would be like, oh, my God, nobody's ever going to believe this. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and you like tell someone and they're like, get out of here. And, and But now we live in a world where like there are people streaming their daily lives 24 oh, seven. Everything's believable today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's no big deal anymore. Like Especially after last year. Like, oh, anything goes like for real. Anything so is, goes. So is comedy harder now? Because of that, do you think? Um, no, I think you can't shock people much like you used to pre-pandemic, right? You can definitely still really? shock people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that. Um, I think there's an awareness now that wasn't in comedy before. Okay. Um, you know, there was a constant conversation before things started opening up, like, well, are you gonna do COVID jokes? Mm. Should we joke about the pandemic? Are people, look, I mean, I lost a good amount of friends mm -hmm. during that time period. Not all because of COVID, you know, different aspects right. as well. Um, there those, are- Those are the, what, the casual, what they call them? Um, oh, I don't know. Oh, man. 
Is there a I term? know what you're saying. There is a term. People that, that might not have died of COVID, but, but they died kind of related to the pandemic, whether it's right. been lockdown, depression, whatever. Right, right. You know? Um, and so, like, they're, you know, in the with the people I was talking to at least like there was that conversation like do we want to talk about it like some people mm-hmm. look to comedy for things that are happening now and making light of those things that are happening now some people go to comedy to completely escape yeah and have no yeah recollection of anything going on you know mm-hmm. and I think that kind of falls on the comic of what you want to talk about and what you don't want to talk about um, I've seen some comics just like go straight into it, like, eh, hey, COVID, you know, that happened, and then go on with their set. And so they address and, it up front. Then. Yeah, it's kind of like there's an elephant in the room if we don't talk about it, you know. Like, I know with the stuff that I've been doing, it's like, oh my God, I'm out of my house, you know, this is so great. Like, you know, we're here and we've made it this far kind of thing, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, people are excited to like be back out. I think and so. I think to not acknowledge that falls short yeah, on point. your audience. That's a good point. That's you a know? good point. You're acknowledging like you came this far, you bought a ticket, you made it out of the house. You're here to be entertained. You, you put some pants with buttons you, on it. You put pants on, <laughs> you know, like you took a shower with soap good for you you know like and i and i do i think that like you know we need to acknowledge that in some Uh, capacity for sure yeah i get it i mean because if you don't i mean you're obviously not acknowledging where we are at the moment right right i mean it was such a massive (laughs) global scale thing Mm mm-hmm that happened, mm-hmm. you know, that still seems surreal to you. Like this morning, I was thinking to myself, "This is, did that really fucking happen?" Yeah, definitely. I wasn't did. really sure. Definitely happened. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I come back to that realization when I think about it. But yeah. there's I've those moments I would say, "Wow, am I like in a parallel universe or some <laughs> bullshit?" Because did that really happen? You know, what was wild to <clears> me <throat> was um, I hosted a show at the Improv, and. I mean, lots of emotions were happening, but, you know, there is that added element of I'm going to be indoors with people I don't know. Got it, yeah. In a small space. I'm with you. Um, And, you know, that adds a layer of nerves for you. And it was wild to me that after being in that space for like 15, 20 minutes, I was like, oh, this is how it is. Cool. Cool. I remember. Yeah, I remember what it's like to be normal (laughs) out with people I don't know. You know, not my like pod. Uh Um, You didn't do much shopping during the pandemic. I don't do much shopping when there's not a pandemic. I understand, but (laughs) I get it. I I hear you. I I told my dad, I said, I have not been inside a grocery store in three years. Because I, if I can get it online, I'm going to get it online Mm -hmm. and delivered to my house. Mm -hmm. You know, like I am that person got it um it's not that like i have a fear or an anxiety or you know i don't have any i just don't like to leave my house Mm -hmm. like my house is dope (laughs) you know like my house is comfortable get everything you need i have everything i need i have good music i have good food i have a beautiful view Mm -hmm. like i really 
love my home. Right. And it's like, it's funny because people will come over. And my wild girlfriend, she was like, Esmo, I love your house because I just lose track of all my priorities and time. And it's like, what the hell are you smoking in there? <laughs> nothing. But like, isn't that what you want when people come yeah, over? Like, yeah, you want people sure. to feel that comfortable. For sure. You know? And sure. like now, people that I know through comedy who I've really only known online are coming to my house and mm. they're like, now I see why you don't go anywhere. Like, mm. this is really cozy. Um, so, I mean, if I'll go out, I go out, I socialize, right. Right. I do stuff like that. Right. But we have this technology where you don't have to. You don't have to do much. And listen, not having the stress of going to Giant Eagle at and... 7 o'clock on a Friday or whatever. Day. I used to go to grocery shop on Steeler days. Because nobody was there. Of course, you're not the only one. Yeah, and then people caught on. That's the secret, yeah. Yeah. That's they would the they would tape it and start later. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was the secret. And so, like, you know, it was kind of just always in me. Like, I was always the kid that was, like, playing by myself in the corner on the playground. Like, I'm just... Well, Saturday nights are a good night, too. Because people Saturday still nights. somewhat go out Saturday Yeah, nights. don't go on Sundays. You... Uh, you no. Uh-uh. Or Friday afternoon. Yeah, days. Wednesday afternoon, sweet spot. Mm. nobody's out interesting yeah so and you know during the pandemic like well, I was, now look what you did yeah you i gave it up let now. everyone know <laughs> but i order everything now so it doesn't even matter um but during the pandemic you know when everybody was going to parks and hiking and riding their bicycles and like that was not fun for me i bet not you know because it was you're slamming into people it was so packed yeah and um nothing's worse than being in a grocery store at a wall to wall and trying to maneuver a goddamn cart around the uh, bend and running into people and then people just stop right you're, you're right in the middle off, and they start looking oh looking like it's like they're astounded yeah. by the 30 brands of cereal there yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like mesmerizing it's like you go into the dumb factory <laughs> and get your food and everyone loses a couple brain cells. Then you yeah. go into the parking lot mm -hmm. and it's like speed racer trying to get out of there. Like, I can't tell you how many times people have almost hit me in a parking lot because they're just looking to get out. You know, they're not paying attention. So, yeah, so we have this technology. I can use it. I do use it. It's great. I recommend it. <laughs> If you don't like going to the grocery store, guess what? You don't have to go to the grocery store anymore. You uh -huh. know, like, it, it, yeah, to not utilize the technology at our fingertips is silly. I would agree because it's such a slog. Yeah. And like, terrible. and taking that however long it takes you to go to the grocery store, like, think about it, like, get in your car, go to the grocery store, get home, unpack your groceries. Maybe you have to move your car because you can't. It could be raining. You know, whatever. It could be raining. It could. It's probably like an hour and a half. You know, mm -hmm. maybe two hours, depending on your home situation. There's some people like that, though. Some people like it, but I think those people don't like their home. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good way. Like of I never want to be the person who sits in my car outside my house and goes on social media because I'm not ready in. to go inside yet. You know, yeah, like those people are out there. Huh? Yeah. And I watch them that. from my front porch. And I'm like, oh, they're in your neighborhood? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I'm like, what's so bad about inside your house that you have, like, we'll sit in your car for 20 minutes? <laughs> oh, I have a different theory on that. <laughs> I think people do that that are having affairs. Possibly. 
I do. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, I've known, I've observed people doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, you know, technology. You can use it to however you wish. But yeah, I think that, you know, I've found the sweet spots for doing things when a lot of people aren't doing things. You like convenience. I like convenience. I like time management. Mm-hmm. Um, what the hell are you wasting time here for? I know, right? What the hell? I don't know what I'm doing either. It's a Sunday night. <laughs> okay. Good point. <laughs> Nothing goes on on a Sunday night anyway. Yeah. It's whatever. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah. I have Hulu. I can watch 90 it's, Day Fiance later. It's fine. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. It's fine. It's not the real old lady on there that was uh, was engaged to like the- uh, They're all old ladies. The guy's no. from Nigeria, I think he was. That's the most With recent With the real one. big- Yeah. Yeah. She's on there. Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> she is wow. Yeah, I started watching that show uh, with a friend of mine and his wife. I was visiting them, and um, I was like, "What is this train wreck?" And I got like super. It's like two hours long, and I got like super there's into three it. Three vignettes, right? Three stories. They've yeah, there. there's like so many spinoffs now, you know. And um, and I was at my sister's house. And she was watching it, and I was like, oh, my God, you watch this, too? And it, like, <laughs> opened up this whole new relationship between my sister and I about 90 Day Fiance. And, like, we text each other, and, like, uh-huh. it's a whole thing. But It's got to yeah. be material in that stuff. Yeah. I mean, holy hell. Yeah. So, material. Let's speak about material. Yeah. This is the thing that cracks me up about, about uh, comedians. Like, everyone's got a different way they do it. Or at least they say yeah. they do, you know? Yeah. Like, is is your material spontaneous? Do you sit down and write on purpose? Do you schedule writing sessions? You say you're into time management. Do you schedule yeah. time to sit and write? I don't. Um, I I write every day. Okay. Um, but I like I said before, I get most of my inspirations when I'm walking. Ah. Um, there's something about movement. Mm-hmm that gets my brain going and it can be about um anything really it can be about like hot topics current events conversations i had with my friends you know whatever like that's the time that my brain is really spinning got it um so a lot of the times when i'm going hiking or i'm walking um i usually do like a couple miles a day Mm -hmm. um and something will pop into my brain and i'll kind of like run with it while I'm walking and I'm like oh yeah okay and then I'll put it in my phone how do you do that because I I do something very similar how do you get from your brain to your phone while you're in movement do you use voice I use Google Keep I have that app Um, you 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 do audio notes I I don't I write while you're walking while I'm walking Yeah. You have a special skill set, don't you? I, <laughs> yes. I was a retail manager for 15 years. I can do it all. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I, I make my dog stop walking sometimes <laughs> and put it in there. But it's usually, it's not a full thing. It's usually just like a concept of a thing. Okay. Um, and then later on, usually at night, I'll be like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I want to go to bed, put my head down. Oh, remember all those things that you thought about on your walk? Got it. And then I'll go back to it and Got expand. 
Um, now with the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, there weren't mics or anything like that in right. the city. So I was doing online mics. Um, like I utilized everything about online that I possibly could. Got it. Um, I was posting concepts on my Instagram stories. I was my best friend gets the wildest text messages for me because I don't tell him these are jokes. I just send the joke. <laughs> and he's like, what the hell? And I'm like, working on a joke. And he's like, I mean, that's funny, but like, what? Are you okay? What is happening? You know? Um, so just that's like, great. yeah, just like stuff like that. Just like using whatever I can use. Yeah. To see if it works or not. Um, Okay. And it's like an ever evolving kind of thing. And I think, you know, crowd work's super fun. I've been able to kind of dive back into that. That was something so talk that talk about that for what what is the pure definition of crowd so work? So crowd work is like when a comic picks you out from the crowd and so says So don't sit up front Don't you, sit up front. Unless you're wanna be part of the part of the uh, Yeah, unless you wanna be picked on. Right. Um that was something that I was working on before the pandemic. And you can't do crowd work online. Right. Um, but I would do, I would host uh, like corporate events. Okay. And so I did get a little bit of okay, crowd work during the I corporate events, you know, with like whoever owned the company or whoever sponsored so something. Is that like a, um, could that be part of a comedian's career path where like a corporation would hire them to, to, I don't know, like, would you host an event so a speaker would come up and then you would like introduce people in between and oh yeah for sure what, how, what's that called for sure just hosting I think so I mean, hosting is its own hosting is its own thing okay um I remember my corporate days or I like remember. emceeing okay emceeing okay. um and there are people that just do that you uh-huh. know um but you gotta be funny right you gotta be funny you have to I be know personable some MCs are great people they're not Funny. Yeah, you gotta be personable. You gotta be able to like make people comfortable wherever okay. they are. Okay. You know, it's really about like reading people and their personalities in the room and what the event is. Also, you know, you're not gonna do raunchy jokes at UPMC at a proctology convention, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you, you kind of gotta like gauge. And there are people that that's all they do is corporate events because corporate <clears throat> has money. Got it. You know, you can make a lot of money off corporate. Got it. Um, there's some people that are like, I won't even touch it. And you why? know, why? Why would someone be adverse to doing that? Um, I mean, I can't speak for anybody. Mm-hmm. Personally, no, 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 I don't ask I, for individuals. Yeah, I think that um, some people find their lane and stick to that okay. lane. I'm kind of a weirdo in that, like, I want the full experience. Well, yeah, you, you know, I all. want it all. Right. I want to try everything, and I let people know that out the gate. Like, hey, if you need this, I'll try it out. If you need that, I'll try it okay. out. Okay, I've done this. You know, let's work on that together. Um, you haven't done birthday parties and shit yet, right? <laughs> No, but if you need a birthday host, Esmo <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, no, I don't stuff like that. Um, but there are people that like do events, yeah. you know, I'm, oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So, and I think that like 
you know, I've seen a lot of these like crossover events and I just like think to myself like, man, like some DJs hate shouting out to the crowd. That's why you have hype men, you know, like the hype man is the greatest MC on earth because they are getting everyone pumped, right on. you know? And so like, if that's not something you're strong at and you don't want to get stronger at it, mm-hmm. Bring, Bring somebody, somebody else in, in absolutely to do it for you. Absolutely. Um, I mean, just like going to car shows and the people that are on the turntable talking about the car. You know, like there's all these different avenues that you can go mm-hmm. once you start doing this stuff that I never even thought of. Got it. You know. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that wouldn't come to mind to me, but yeah, now I get it. Yeah. I mean, there's. Yeah. I mean, there's comedians <clears throat> that do voice acting. Mm-hmm. There's comedians that you know do stunt stuff there's you i i there are comedians that do just stand-up comedy and that's their shtick and there's just improvisers and that's their shtick but i think there's also a great number of people who do multiple things in that world got it um you want magicians in comedy do you ever see this together yeah yeah there was actually i think just like or maybe it didn't happen yet, but a guy that does like magic and comedy kind of combined at the improv. Um, and that is another showman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he is performing to the audience. Right on. And doing his stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you can go any which way. I like my magicians to be funny. You know, I was a big David Copperfield fan back in the day, and then it, it ended. wasn't much funny about him. No, he was definitely creepy, but <laughs> that—that's kind of where it ended. You know, David Blaine was cool to me for a little bit. Is he still then, around? I think <clears throat> he wasn't comedic though. I right? think he wasn't comedic, uh, but he was very intense with his connection to whoever he was. Uh, mm-hmm doing tricks like his he had that whole like street magic right. situation before right. he really blew up that chris angel right he's not he's not uh funny either right no he's, he's not illusionist funny. no he's just he's a wannabe rock star he's like a goth magician a goth is what magician. i think of a goth with magician. his look you know like yeah it's i think very... he just wanted to be a rock star just didn't maybe. work out for him maybe maybe you know yeah i don't know but copperfield yeah, I mean, and that's why I'm kind of like, I'm not going to do magic, you know. <laughs> why not? You tried everything else. <laughs> I know that's not my thing. Uh, <laughs> How do you know? Because I have there, I have no draw to it. No pull I have, to it. Okay, I have no, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's I have, it, it's like, okay, you can do tricks. I'm good. My life has been tricky enough. I don't need you <laughs> to set an illusion on me. You know, like I'm good. <laughs> yeah, some of that shit's spooky, though. Some of the illusions are so good that they're I mm-hmm. mean, they do leave you going, "How the hell did they do that?" And, you know, you know there's something and that, logical. Yeah, that's but. why I loved watching uh, David Blaine's Street Magics. People would like not only were the tricks cool, but like the reactions. Oh, they were astounded. People were freaked out. Horrified man. sometimes, too. You know, yeah. And then he'd go to other countries, and it's like, oh, you can't be doing that. 
people are going to think you're voodoo. <laughs> you know, like, and there's consequences. End up killing you. They will. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, it's cool. I think anything that like gets a genuine reaction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not in a hurtful way is right a special thing. I would agree. You know, 100%. I would agree. Let me yeah. ask you about <clears throat> your thoughts on limits in comedy. Mm-hmm. Last couple of years, it's been, uh, how do I say this? It's been in, in the conscious of America that we don't want to make jokes about groups of individuals um, that were at one time, I don't know if acceptable is the right word, but more commonplace. Yeah. And... I generally think that people kind of fall on one side or the other. You know, I don't think anyone really wants to hurt other people, but some mm-hmm. people believe that comedy has no limits. If it's funny, it's fucking funny. Right. Or do we need to be more sensitive now because you're, you want to make them laugh? You're not allowed to hurt anybody. Right. So are we too sensitive? Are we sensitive enough? What, what's your take on all that? I mean, I think that like that whole <clears throat> premise is so new. Okay. That idea of you can't joke about this is a very new thought. Last couple of years? Yeah. Um, and I I think no matter what, there's going to be people, there's, there's shock jocks, mm-hmm. and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. You know? Should they do it or not? Meh. I don't know. Have I been in situations where things have been said and I get uncomfortable? Yes. Mm-hmm. But that is me personally. That something in me became heightened. Okay. Because of what was said. Okay. Um, I think this idea of like there are topics that should not be talked about I don't really see it that way. I think that you can talk about anything if you're doing it in the right way. Okay. Um, and I, you know, Dave Chappelle's an amazing example. Mm-hmm. Like his last special, he um, talked about LGBTQIA mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. put them in a car together and you know how did that car ride go like that is amazing mm-hmm. were people offended probably they're you know, always going to be offended they're always going to be offended but to take i thought we were supposed to want to be offended like i thought was the thing about comedy was we wanted our sensibilities to be offended even for a brief moment you know i think get that, our emotional laugh out and then we go back to normality yeah i think normalcy. That, i think that like there's so much offense in the world that people are tired. You think that's it? And and I think that you know there there's also you know we have we we will acknowledge we are both white. Mm-hmm. I don't and, think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, and at least visually. I mean, if you're not online looking at us, we are both white people, mm-hmm. um, which allows us to skate. Mm-hmm. and allows us to brush off a lot of things. I would absolutely agree with you. And I think <clears throat> that, you know, we're in a real transition period where people are saying enough. Mm-hmm. 
enough of making a joke at my cost. But what I find interesting is, to me, it's all the fucking white people, to my eyeballs, who are the ones being offended. Oh, yeah, for That's sure. That's what's unbelievable I mean, to there's me. That I, whole, I understand like, what, you're, what you're saying. I'm with you. Yeah. But to me, it's not happening. The black, the black community is not pushing back on us for being offended over jokes. A portion of the white community is. It's really astounding to me. I mean, there is a term white fragility for a mm, reason. You think? You know? I mean, think about... Uh, I like to speak in analogies. So let's think about high school. Mm-hmm. And in high school... I can't remember back then. Yeah. <laughs> wherever you went in high school, there were the popular kids, the untouchables, uh-huh. that seemed to get everything... Mm-hmm. And, you know, people aspired to be like them. And there were, you know, the the nerds who mm-hmm. stayed in their corner and were picked on by the untouchables. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have all these cliques and they don't really interact with one another. But there mm-hmm. are people who, like, cross those boundaries yes. for sure. You're talking to one. You know, yeah. And same. And, and I think, in you know, if you look at America as a high school white people are those untouchables who Mm. have been able to get away with literal murder because of who they are Mm -hmm. and the way that they're viewed in the microcosm of America, Mm -hmm. you know? And now we are at a point where that shit doesn't fly anymore Mm -hmm. on a social aspect across the board, comedy or not. Right. You know, you, you, you get into these conversations about, hair Mm -hmm. you know box braids appropriation of prints Mm -hmm. of fabrics of you know that sort of thing so it's not just comedy yeah you know it's every aspect it's um seeing a board of a corporation and it being all white men Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and um and i think it's almost too early to say no you can't joke about that or yes you can joke about that because there are so many other factors right. that are coming into play that we kind of got to shake it out mm-hmm. and reset. Okay. And I think in this last year, you know, everybody was at home watching TV and saw everything that happened mm-hmm. sometimes live. Yep. And it kind of makes you reflect on yourself if you're emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and look back at stuff and think like, oh man, I did this and that was like super shitty. I'm never going to do that again. Oh, it's called learning. It's called learning and it's growth, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that like- But you got to want that. You got to want it and you got to be open to it. Mm-hmm. And you also have to be okay with being told that's not okay. Agreed. And Agreed. I think, you know, if somebody wants to come at a comic for a joke fine do it but don't do it on some fluff like what do you mean you know don't come at all right well bill cosby's canceled Mm -hmm. you know for obvious reasons for good reasons for legitimate reasons legit had jokes about roofies Mm -hmm. you know um and I think that that's a great example of people saying, we don't do this anymore. 
Well, thousand percent. You know, thousand percent. A, a lot of my friends uh, will be grooving, and then you know, Michael Jackson or R. Kelly comes on, and we're like, mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable now. Whereas before, we'd keep grooving. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I see it in these like small waves happening across the board but we are hypocritical though oh, yeah. the reason i say that is this is i had a conversation one time where um it was a decade or so ago but a decade ago and uh i was someplace at some metal show um that i was working at and mm-hmm. i and some some was this person i was with was taking exceptions to the lyrics of the song and i didn't know the band i was working it was pretty coarse but on the way home, she was driving the group of us literally on her, you know, she's listening to Snoop Dogg and she puts it on. I, she didn't put it on. I made her put it on. And I said, listen, I'm not making a value judgment on the guy's entertainment value. Yeah. But you can't be that hypocritical. Right. If you are, you know, people in glass houses, and I think that's that that's kind of a reflection of most of America. If they yeah. really dig deep. Absolutely, yeah. We shouldn't have, if, if you're really offended. Right. By what you see today, go right. back and re-examine your life and see where that same offense is happening, and you're uh, kind of okay yeah. with it. And and I also it drove me crazy. I also wonder how much of social media plays into this because before, you know, growing up, celebrities were celebrities, mm-hmm. and that was it. You knew nothing about their personal life. You know, there was a page in Us Weekly you're like so true. celebs are still like so us true. getting coffee and da, 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 so you know. True. And now with social media, um, celebrities have like taken that veil away. They've done it on their own. On their own. And, you know, us as an audience now sees the artist and the person. And their viewpoints. And their viewpoints. And some of them are very vocal about it and some of them are not. Mm -hmm. And I think that something, there was a switch there where it's like. I think you're right. You know, I mean, a lot of like Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. Van Gogh's amazing artists. Mm -hmm. Terrible to women. Mm -hmm. Salvador Dali, same thing. We still emulate his artwork because Mm -hmm. he didn't have Instagram. Mm -hmm. We didn't see him socially and doing the things he was doing mm-hmm. you know and so now that 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 has switched and we see the person as a whole mm-hmm. and you know we kind of ruin the facade of these celebrities or heroes and it, this is going to be something america's going to have to sort out because you're 100 percent right sarah it's like you know we can go back and try to cancel out george washington because he did some pretty bad shit yeah but you can't we have slave owners on dollar bills but nobody's well, canceling that you know what I mean? Like we we emulate. But I, but I guess where do you? But if you were to do that, I'm not saying I'm mm-hmm. not making a judgment. I'm just asking the other side of the coin. There's no denying, but the, it was so ingrained in their society. It doesn't make mm-hmm. it right. But I'm just saying if we look critical to find fault in any historical person, everybody has faults. Any historical person, we can cancel out history completely, mm-hmm. wipe it out like we just showed up one day. There was mm-hmm. nothing before us. And, and I guess I don't know how do we maneuver, like who has the court of, a, of opinion, the real opinion that says this was so bad, they shouldn't be in a history book. Mm-hmm. And this is acceptable because it isn't so bad. 
and then we rewrite history, which I don't know. How does that serve us going forward? Because we'll end up making the same goddamn mistakes if we got nothing to reference, right? If you erase Hitler, you erase him because he was the worst human being walking the planet. But if we don't talk about him, then we then the next generation is not going to know that he was that that example of evil was here. Right. I'm not saying put a monument to him. Right. We I don't believe in any monument to a slave owner. We shouldn't be celebrating. Right anyone right but to to wipe them out of the documents of what transpired in that era is ridiculous that, that that's short-sighted I right i'm not saying you're, you're saying that i'm just saying that's a prevailing thought in society yeah. you gotta wipe these people out to what extent to our own to our own lack of knowledge then, i think going forward? that i think that as a society in the past you know we have honored people who have done there's no there's no question terrible things no question because of power i think we're saying that right though i think that we're slowly starting to set that right and i think that's a good thing we're definitely there's definitely a shift happening and i think think also people have gotten very used to instant gratification and i think that's a whole nother conversation yeah (laughs) that is something that doesn't happen when it comes to these issues right you know we know Right. These issues are serious issues and need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. We want them fixed now. Mm-hmm. That is not reality. You know, mm-hmm. the the a flip a point. switch That's and a making point. it happen right now is not. A, things have to be completely rearranged, mm-hmm. not only economically, as a society, morally, but individually as people you know mm-hmm. well, um, it doesn't happen overnight and it does we want it not to happen on overnight. a lot of different issues right but it does, it does not happen overnight and i think mm-hmm. i i come into conversations and like somebody will say something and i'm just like oh here we go yeah you know yeah, and i can i can, I I can feel that in me kind of being like Ugh, yeah this is gonna piss me off yeah but i as a person as an individual give the person grace mm-hmm. because i don't know where they're coming I from i get it yeah you know absolutely um absolutely and i think that it's better for you too though it's better for me also yeah. and and it takes a lot to be able to do it's that practice yeah it's practice a lot of practice mm-hmm and I use the word indifference, and when I say that, people immediately say, "Well, I can't be that way." And I said, "You're not taking the word right." I'm talking about personal indifference regarding my own mental health. Yeah, you're making a decision right there that you're not indifferent to the cause. You're indifferent to this particular person's rant that's coming my way. That it's not going to affect my life or my belief. Mm-hmm. I don't want to engage them because it's not going to improve my life any. It's not going to change my core belief. Right. And I have to entertain this nonsense and ingest it. That's where I, I like the word indifference. Yeah, and we also have a responsibility to let people know that's not okay mm-hmm. anymore. Right. It yeah, might have been. Yeah, I mean. It might have been at one time. Real 100, funny. 100%. But it's 2021. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we came here kicking, goddamn it. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> um, you know, you can talk about things. I think, you know, like going back to the historical figures, like, yeah, we can we can wipe them off the board. But at the same time, you aren't your future without your past. Yeah, that's, a, that's very and well it, put. And I think that, you know, with the whole Hitler thing, um, and it's been said many times, Germany was not founded on 
hate. No. Hitler came later. Sure was. Uh, America was founded on people who literally didn't want to pay taxes mm-hmm. and ran. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think that that plays into the start of this country, I'm sorry. I yeah, disagree. I, I think that's a. I think that's a big part of it. I think there was also other oppressions going on from the king. I don't think. Oh, it was, yeah. I don't think it was just just taxation. No, I mean that's like a very like. But it's part of it. That, yeah, it's, it's a it's a part, very gloss. It's over. certainly part of it. They weren't. I don't think they were getting any kind of representation for what they were paying. I think that's that's if I if if I read history, it's only the it's the way I read history. But isn't it interesting that the reason they left. Is there is what's happening to us today? It's what's happening right now. <laughs> There's no question. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and, no doubt. and breaking the cycle mm-hmm. is something that I think we're going through, and I think is happening, and I'm hoping it's happening, mm-hmm. um, because it should. Yeah, there's a there's a lot that needs to change, and, and that's why I think it was. People say, well, you know, all this. Uh, all these social issues came to head during the pandemic. I'm like, well, of course they did. Yeah. It, 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 of course they did. You're not thinking it through. For you to even insinuate that there's something weird there, no. That is lo- that's completely logical. Yeah. How could it not? Right. You know? Right. How I, could it not? I mean, I think people always look for an easy out. That's exactly right. And, well, the, the, well that's, that's the human experience, right? Yeah, and like pandemic, easy out. This is the cause of everything. Ugh, conspiracy. Ugh. But the cancel culture in general, in, in terms of com- comedy, you really like like Eddie Murphy gets. Um, it's one of the funniest people I've ever knew. I love Eddie growing Murphy. up. But there's a certain amount of citizens that wanted to cancel him out because of horrific things he said. Pretty horrific things he said. I've heard worse. That. He doesn't, he's probably stated, I don't feel this anymore. I don't repeat these things because they were wrong. He yeah. already said, I don't practice this kind of comedy. I'll tell anymore. you what, as a. But you can't cancel the guy. Like, what does that even mean? Cancel yeah, him. As out. a teenager, uh, we would watch Eddie Murphy Raw and Delirious after mm-hmm. school. I knew it. Yeah. Me, Verbatim. I, me too. You know? Me too. Verbatim. Me too. I went back and watched it as an adult mm-hmm. recently. And there were moments where I was like, ooh. Yeah. So even just that journey of like, oh, I was a kid and this made me laugh really hard. I didn't think of it in the same way. It's called its growth, right? Yeah, as I'm thinking of it now. Yeah. You know? And I think that, um, look, people love to see people rise and fall. Mm -hmm. And if they can help that fall, they're going to help that fall. But do we you know? forgive anymore? We used to tear idols down and then give them the opportunity to rebuild and recapture our love and trust. I don't know if that actually can happen. I don't anymore. think we have the attention span for it. Ah, good point. Maybe, maybe the internet and social media caused that. I think that that's a good point. You know, now people are like, "Oh, you fucked up. Moving on." Yeah. And then yeah. people might come back in a different way, but at the end of the day. We've moved on. Yeah. That's a good point. Look at Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. They hung her out to dry, man. Yeah. And she's just been on the low doing her thing. And now she's popping back up again. Mm -hmm. But she's always going to have that stigma Mm -hmm. with Bill Clinton, no matter what. Eddie Murphy's always going to have that stigma 
of the jokes he did in what the 70s and 80s you know like that sticks but at the same time but how much damage to his life is it hap- is, it, is it really happening now? It doesn't seem like it is. I'm not saying it should, but it don't, I just don't... I think he's just also at another level. Like, what do you mean? Like, money-wise. Mm, okay. You know? I think that he... he Eddie Murphy's got money. If Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy doesn't want to do another set a day in his life, well, he Chappelle, can... Well, Chappelle's the same He way. can still pay yeah, his bill. Yeah, they can't cancel Chappelle. Yeah, I mean, they're doing it because they love it. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about Rogan before. Like Rogan can get away, get away, and I mean that he can do anything he absolutely wants. Because if a good portion of society gets offended by what he says, he really doesn't care. Listen, Rogan is you know? saying what a lot of America wishes they could say, mm-hmm. and he has a platform to do it. And I think you know, I've been seeing some slander on Rogan, mm-hmm. and and the things. The stuff he's been saying lately, you know, with like the vaccines and mm-hmm. politics and and I think it's a I think it's good for societies to have those people that like push the buttons. Sure, one hundred percent. Because it is like a temperature control. You know, what it's also, are, push, it's also a pushback against government and we need that whether we agree with them or not, it's it is it is a pushback. And sometimes even if it's the wrong philosophical bent from where you are the fact that there's pushback, you almost want to applaud that because you don't want no pushback. Right. Yeah. Then you're just subservient. Yep. And Which is what's that ruling class wants anyways. Right. You know? And I mean, we've seen countries that are that way. We've also, we have history of countries that have completely collapsed mm-hmm. and no longer exist. Mm-hmm. Got that right. And do we want to be one of those? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I got a house. I know that much. You got a house, but like but you love your internet, and I and I love my internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, but I'm just saying, like, I also like to uh, look at things from many angles, and also as broadly and as introspectively. Sarah, they as call possible. that critical thinking. Well, and, and that is not done enough in this country. I do that, and I think that. You know, one of the things with um, quarantine, which I use loosely, is a lot of people were like, we're on lockdown. And I'm like, actually, we have it real easy, you know, and, and I'm lucky in that I know people who live uh, in other countries yep. and have experienced what we experienced on a very different level. Yep. And so my perspective was a little bit different because of that. We're so you know? soft. Yeah. We and, it's, so soft and it's just like, dude, we... Uh, you can yeah. still go outside. Yeah. Like, I have friends who weren't allowed outside. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but I know that I'm not in the majority of thinking in that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is also something that I need to take in consideration sometimes when I'm having touchy conversations Moments. with people. Right, right, right. Is right, like, right. you know, what is their life experience? You have to because that's what you're bringing. Well, we don't. And that, I just, I just had this conversation. It's so true. We don't think enough about the fact that what we perceive about somebody and we think we know about them is so far removed from what actually might be happening, yeah. or such a very small snapshot of what the big picture is with them. Yeah. So us making these big global judgments on them 
they don't hold any merit. Right. And we enter conversations that way or mm-hmm. interactions all the time, all day long. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. It's the human way. You know, it's the human way. And it's unfortunate at times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think, you know, it's it's necessary. I think, you know, it can kind of be like a mental fight or flight situation where you go in and, and you're like, this person freaks me out. I'm out of here. You know? <laughs> Bye. Yeah, sometimes your gut will tell you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think women especially, you know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I think the women's intuition is is not the same as a male intuition. I think I, I think your gender is well advised to to listen to well, their to their own intuition because I think it generally is right. My experience of the women that I've known in my life, when they know something, they freaking know it. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing you say. Well, yeah, whether I try you know, it or not, but, it, tur- it, tur- but it turns you. out to be right. Yeah, we might yeah. placate you into thinking that you are correct, just so that you'll shut the hell <laughs> you up. see how this goes. <laughs> but at the end of the day... Truth comes out. We know our gut, and yeah, we are yeah. taught... Yeah. You know, I can't tell you how many times growing up, listen to your gut, listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is something to that, and that like gets back to like the primal instinct of living yeah you know animals are the same way i love going to this one dog park by my house that's next to a playground Mm -hmm. and watching the children on the playground and the dogs in the dog park and how similar they act and there are kids that are like you know really well behaved and like you know playing good and going up to other people and you know and being kind listening to their (laughs) their their, their adults and you know like colin come here and you know he goes right to whoever the adult is and then there's like (laughs) other kids who are like balls out like you know like licking the slide like their parents are like steven 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 like steven doesn't know that's his name you know yeah like eating dirt like smacking a kid you know and then you look at the dog park and it's the same thing like there's that one the bully dog dog. find the bully dog yeah and then there's like you know the, the dickhead dog that's like peeing on everyone and like you know and and i love sitting there and just like watching it play out yeah you know because it is it is life entertainment you know and uh it's darwin it's darwin and you know i don't know that that much um really like comes into conversation anymore Mm -hmm. when it comes to how people interact with one another and talk to one another and you know just just live in your space on earth I think Earth is rad. I love it. You know, like I. I'm good with Earth. Yeah, like it's <laughs> our home. You know what I mean? And I think like to not um, to not think of like your, the repercussions yeah. that humans have on Earth and how that is going to transpire for future generations oh, we just kick the can down you know? we're very comfortable as a species to kick the can down the road we're the ultimate procrastinators i don't know if the animal kingdom has the concept of procrastination in, in their mechanism but we all we do is as humans and there's little sec sections of humans that are like type a's and all that i get it yeah but as an aggregate as a whole 
Yeah, are, I mean, if we you, progress, I mean, like, everything. I don't, I don't know the statistics, but like, I imagine they don't either. They make yeah. them up. I mean, <laughs> but, but like, I imagine humans are the most dense uh, <laughs> type of not like mentally, but like, there's more humans on Earth yeah. than other species. Like, maybe oh. ants have us beat out, or like cockroaches. I don't. Know. Yeah, but you insect know? world might have us beat. But yeah. in terms of mammals and things, I would agree with you. Yeah, but I I think because that we've like we've killed them all. We've killed them all, like literally. And you know, and I think it's interesting to think of people in that way mm-hmm. because, like you're saying, like. Like, we'll take ant colonies. Like, the ant colonies have, like, the workers and, like, the queen or whatever. And, like, you know, and humans kind of have that, too. But on a much more segregated level because we're not working as a team. We're working. Oh, we could learn a lot from ants. Yeah, we can learn a lot from a lot of stuff around us. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like tapping that part of you open to But if we did, you wouldn't have as much to joke about. You never know. See? <laughs> you never know. I find humor in a yeah, lot. I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff fun? Super fun, man. Yeah. Yeah, we went like million different this directions. Fantastic. I love oh, it. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. You delivered the goods. Good, good, good. Jet fun? I did. You come back back and do this again? I will absolutely sure. come back. Yeah. Anytime. Right. She, you, you know. Got, we're on, it's on film. You've already she been in my DMs back. once. Just, you know, slide right back in whenever you want. Let me know. It was and innocent. <laughs> I said, I have two questions. What did I say? I said, is the tattoo right? Is that actually a tattoo? That's a thing. Yeah. 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 And what was the other question? About comedy. What was it? She doesn't remember. How did you get into it? <laughs> yep. There were so many questions. There were so many and questions. And they were all well done. And yeah. I appreciate you having me here. Absolutely. And how can they reach you? Um, just, I would say definitely through Instagram because there's the main a portal. million Sarah Morgans on Facebook. There is. I noticed um, that too. Yeah. There's a, there's a, I think in, you type in your name, there's some kind of, is it actress or is it a... It probably asks you like how to filter down. Yeah, I use Google. Sarah Morgan. But yeah, S- ESS lazy. underscore M-O-E is, is my handle on everything. <laughs> now I, find, I I looked at that ESMO for hours trying to think, what the hell is I'm thinking ESO, the oh, gasoline man, ESO. I guess. Yeah. yeah, but if you just put an it's S and a period M-O, I would have been like it's not down that, with that. It's not that deep. It's not it that turned deep. out to not be that deep. <laughs> thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, do us again soon. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, friends, we're out. Hello. You're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. 